Hello and welcome to the Outdoor Knoxville Insider Podcast. I'm John Becker and I'm here with Executive Director of Legacy Parks, Carol Evans. This podcast is brought to you by the Legacy Parks Foundation. Yeah, thanks, John, and welcome to you and, and everyone out there. I'm so glad you're with us today. You're going to hear stories from local adventurers about where to hike in Knoxville and throughout our surrounding area. You're going to hear some of their insider stories and tips on how to hike, where to hike. So we we'll hope you'll come back again and again to hear more. And a few more details. You can find out a lot more about Legacy Parks Foundation at LegacyParks.org or visit www.OutdoorKnoxville.com to hear about upcoming events that are going on in the Knoxville area. And Carol, we'd like you to introduce our next guest. Well, we have two, and I'm thrilled to introduce our local hiking gurus, Mac Post and Ron Shreves. Both are very active in the local Sierra Club chapter, but most importantly to us, to Legacy Parks, Mac and Ron wrote our own urban hiking guidebook that tells you everywhere to hike in, in Knoxville and East Tennessee, and they also help author our Get Out and Play guide. So today they're going to talk more about local hiking. They're going to talk about the guidebook. They're going to give you some tips on where to hike and how to hike and who to go with. And then you're going to want to pick up their guidebook, <laughs> which you can find at REI, Mass General, Union Avenue Books, and at Three Rivers Market. We'll enjoy, and we'll be back with more. But gentlemen, welcome. And let's just start with this. What What is driving your love of the outdoors? Back, let's start with you. Well... As a, as a kid, I always liked being outdoors and discovering nature. I had a park just down, I grew up in the city in a row house in Pennsylvania. Down the street was a park where one of these parks would, has a fountain in the middle and old men sit around on benches and feed pigeons. But all the trees had labels on them, their scientific names. And I realized then that that was something interesting to me. I got my butterfly net. Learn, learn these trees, and it stayed with me my whole life. It stayed with you. It, it, it caused direction for you. I mean, you you worked at ORNL for almost 40 years as yeah. a scientist. Um, Ron, your your passion, your love for the outdoors. I know you were in LA for a while, then moved here in uh, the 70s. What what drove it in you? Well, I grew up at uh, <coughs> Newport News, Virginia. Not a place known for outdoor uh, <laughs> adventures, but uh, always lived within a short distance of the river. And uh, when I was about 10, we moved to the suburbs. And so we had a lot of woodland around us and a marsh and the river close by. So I was outdoors all the time. And I guess um, I'm just always trying to get back to my childhood. I don't know. <laughs> well, and you both have done so much of that, both arriving here in East Tennessee in the 70s. Ron, I asked you a little bit about this in our earlier podcast, but remind us again, when you were here, the urban hiking scene just really wasn't. You most often had to drive somewhere for an hour and a half, two hours to get to a hike. Yeah, and I think we had some greenways maybe even then. Uh, but, uh, yeah, driving distance... I should talk about driving time. Mm -hmm. Usually I, I would say on average driving time is about equal to hiking time. And um, that was okay for a number of years and then eventually <clears throat> I got tired of that ratio and wanted to reduce the ratio of driving time to hiking time. And so that made the urban hiking, not to mention the fact I was getting older, but uh, that made the urban hiking scene a lot more attractive. And Mac, did you feel the same way, or what drove you to say, hey, let me explore my backyard, not just uh, the Smokies? Yeah, the, uh, you know, 
as Ron said, there was really no place to go hiking. But I think the Third Creek Greenway is the first greenway here, and that's less than 30 years old. Um, Iams Nature Center was just getting started then, and that was a place to go. But, um, other than that, you had to go to the Smokies with the Cumberlands to get outdoors and, and see um, large pieces of nature. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing we've learned by doing these urban hikes is there's nature in our neighborhoods. And, uh, so now that we have places to go, places to hike, uh, it's much more attractive to, to do that. And it saves a two-hour drive to get out and see some interesting stuff. And you can eat up a lot of miles. You can get a good workout in, which, Ron, you've expressed is important. They're, your Urban Hikes Guidebook is specifically written for that. It's it's a an easy thing to throw in the in the pack, but the whole design, Ron, was to to get a good workout and see a place that's right near you that you may not have explored. Yeah, that, <clears throat> certainly a, a good workout has been important to me, but I recognize it's not that important to a lot of people, and they just want a place to to take a walk and uh, enjoy being outside for a while. So, uh, you know, that's why we cover a variety of parks. Uh, some are, are easy with, uh, you know, like virtually flat land being covered by the trail and, and others are pretty steep and really challenging. So there's a, there's a real uh, variety for people to choose from. And Mac, uh, this is the Insider Podcast, so I'm going to ask you this. I asked your partner this so, uh, in our conversation earlier, but let's look at the points of the compass. You um, are going to get off easy. I'm going to have you name one trail on each point of the compass that you think is a must-see trail. So let's start with the north side of the compass, urbanly speaking in Knoxville. What trail do you need to hit in the north side? I'm still amazed with how nice a place Sharps Ridge is to go hiking. It's uh, got nice viewpoints, um, and the woods there are really good examples of what the vegetation was like here. It's a mature forest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's that's hard to find in this area. Yeah, it is. And you can find azaleas blooming in the spring there, wildflowers by the score, and lots of, I mean, I've seen foxes there. It's really an amazing place. Sharps it's, Ridge, it's yeah. right there. It is right there. Um, it's in the urban setting, and it's a nice, there are switchbacks, so if you're on a bike or even on mm -hmm. two legs, it's it's perfect. All right, let's go south. What about the south point of the compass? Um, I have to say, the my favorite trail is the Hickory Trail, which is in, in part of part of I'm put over by Meads Quarry. You have to walk down the Emory Trail and then cut over to the Hickory Trail. The Hickory Trail goes through some of the nicest forests uh, in South Knoxville. Let's go east. How about that? East. up between House Mountain and uh, Seven Island State Prison. I'd say probably House Mountain is a great place to go. It's like going to the Smokies if you got up too late on Sunday to get to the Smokies. <laughs> and you get some good elevation gain there. There's a, it's a 900 foot elevation gain there, so it's it's a good workout. The highest point in, the, in Knox County, do you ever see, I've heard uh, snakes can be an issue at, certain points of the year have you seen very many up there uh, no not too many okay um, 
It My bride would love that have, question because she knows have, I hate snakes. It does have these rocky <laughs> outcrops where you might see some outs on you. Uh-huh. Uh, not a big deal. Not a big deal. Okay, and lastly, west. West. Um, well, this is a great place for beginners, but uh, Lakeshore Park is really a, a nice place. Lots of interesting things. It's sort of developed, but it has natural places to go to if you if you want to get off the main loop that goes around. There's some places, interesting places to explore. So, Ron, if somebody has just come to Knoxville or is just getting into hiking and they want to do something that's not on pavement, like a greenway, um, what would you recommend would be a first good starter trail for them to try? Uh, Seven Islands is, uh, if, you, if, if you say not pavement, Seven Islands is, is quite good. It's got over eight miles of trails. Uh, some of them are hill climbs, but not very steep and uh, not very much elevation gain, probably not more than 200 feet. Uh, and there are some level trails. Uh, the Seclusion Bend Trail comes to mind, and uh, it's virtually flat because it follows the river uh, for almost all of its length, and so it's, it's pretty flat. And how about strenuous hiking? Let's go to the other extreme. Well, Somebody... I'll, I'll bring up uh, House Mountain again. I think that's probably the most strenuous one in our guidebook and probably in the county anyway. Uh, the Baker Creek Preserve is very strenuous. It's uh, much smaller than House Mountain. Uh, it's, uh, I hope I'm not overstepping bounds, but I think it was built for bikers. Mm -hmm but it's still got good hiking trails, uh, but they're steep, and uh, so you can really get a workout there. Your book is quite lengthy. It's got lots of options. Is there a hidden gem that you say, man, if you, if you miss one trail, don't miss this one? That's hard, hard to pick one out. I know that's tough to do. But I think the one that most people would overlook is I think is a hidden gem is William Hasty natural area. It's uh, a relatively intact forest without much uh, invasive plants that affect a lot of the urban uh, forest. And it has great spring wildflowers and a variety of trails, a nice pond. Makes it a real fun place to go to. Pretty easy parking area as well. It's tucked back in a neighborhood, but then that opens up to exactly what you said that you know, this uh, these trail options that spur off in basically three different directions, but loop back around. Yeah, yeah. So you can do several loops there. One of the finest loops in there is the Remedy Hill section. That's really a fun place to go. That's remedied me on a few Sunday mornings, for sure. It's a, it's a great And the trail name. names are cute. They, they are. We're going to talk to Carol Evans sometime at Legacy Parks about those trail names. because she Her brain is just filled on why they're named these various names. Um, so uh, for hiking the Smokies, because I, I know people love to branch out, and you're, you're, you're about the urban hiking, but is there a place in the Smokies that you recommend, Mac? Because I know you've done a lot of work there as well on the trail. relatively easy hike with a spectacular view going to Andrews Bolt. 
this time of year. It's funny, that's exactly the one I would recommend. And why why is that when you... It's, um, it's not that difficult, mm-hmm. although it is a long drive because you have to drive uh, all the way to uh, Lacan, I mean, uh, Clingman's Dome, really. Mm-hmm. It's quite a long drive. Uh, but uh, getting out to the bald is mostly downhill and not a whole lot of downhill. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sort of a moderate, easy to moderate hike, I would think, and uh, give spectacular views when you get there. And if you get there during the right time, the rhododendron are blooming out there and azaleas, and it's very beautiful. Yeah. About, about how long is the hike, uh, lengthwise? I think it's two and a half miles each mm-hmm. way. Each way, so a total of five miles. I asked Ron in our conversation about what essentials he has in his backpack, in particular if he's going on a little bit longer hike. Uh, what, what do you put in yours that you always have in case of emergency or um, kind of, some kind of mishap? I have a fairly good first aid kit, mm-hmm. uh, a bottle of water, map and compass, even though you most people use a GPS on their cell phone now. I mean, those GPS devices are getting a lot better. Um, but it's still, if your battery goes dead or something like that, it's always good to have a map and compass aboard as well. Um, I always carry rain gear, even if it's been predicted to be a, a good day. Uh, plenty of water, extra food, um, in case you, know, you twist an ankle or something like that. Takes a while to get back out, and uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the. Well, the one, I'll tell you one thing that you <laughs> yes. you said that I think was was good was uh, was a light because yeah, a lot of times, uh, uh, yes. uh, well, even the, if you have a small. The thing is, if you're in a in a place like the Smokies and you get injured, you might spend or, the night there, or you or you find someone who's injured. And yeah, you're, yeah. You're going to help them. If anyone in your group gets injured, it means probably a couple of people at least are going to stay with them. And it would be nice if you can build a fire if it's cold weather. Mm-hmm. Um, when we look at the Smokies, would you say we've seen a, a, a tremendous amount of increase in population over there, even in the last five to six years of visitors, going from 10 million, this year they may hit 12 million. Um, have you seen, as hikers who use that resource, have you seen a strain on the resource, or do you think people are managing it well? Most of the impact is near the trailheads. Once you get more than a quarter to a half mile in, it's mostly... You own it. You own it, yeah. yeah the Just, vast majority of people that visit the Smokies don't hike. Mm-hmm. Okay, they may get out at a, a viewpoint or something, so I don't, I don't know what the statistics are on the hikers we could ask a there's, friend of there's ours. a couple of trails that are heavily used like rainbow falls and alum cave just take a tough trail you'll be okay you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> well let's bring it back locally <clears throat> urban wise um any local hikes where the non-hiker could get the biggest bang for their buck you talked about the first time trail person but but somebody who's going to get a sweet view or see something cool that that they they don't have to work work for. Well, Lakeshore Park is one of those. You get get nice views from there. You get down near the river and get to see the river and, uh, as well. And it has, I mean, I think it was once an arboretum or something like that. So you have a, a wide variety of these really huge open-grown trees. It's really. Uh, you can almost take a 
tree identification course out there. In, in the bluff property um, that, that Legacy helped uh, secure gives you a pretty good view oh, of the yes. city. And it's a unique one. That's a pretty oh, mature forest as well. And, uh, yeah. uh, I don't know when, the, when are they going to open that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You yeah. need Carol to tell us. So. She, she, well, they, they, it's been open at various stages. It's open, stages. but it's well, not. Yeah. They really have built opened, trails. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's a fun place to go. It's got a couple of ponds. Fishermen go back there often. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an interesting place, especially if you walk down along the river, there's a cave, and some Civil War graffiti in it. Mm -hmm. It's a fun, fun place, so um, hopefully it'll, it, I mean, there's some issues with sustainability of some of those trails mm -hmm. and I think they just have to work those out. Ron, we talked a little bit about the transformation of Knoxville's urban wilderness and really urban hiking options in the last decade. Mm -hmm. um, again, for somebody who has just moved here or somebody who's just beginning to explore, how, how would you describe that transformation in the last decade or so? Well, the, probably the main thing is the uh, urban wilderness South Loop Trail which is, I think, 13 miles. The main trail is 13 miles, but with the uh, tributary trails, it's, what, 50 or 60 now? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it's, it's an enormous area. Now, a lot of that is, uh, is uh, land that was used for industrial purposes at one point, or Poor developed land. one way or another. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not all what I would call pretty, but it's a wonderful legacy for future generations. And uh, certainly there's a lot of uh, trails. Uh, again, many of the trails were built by bikers and they tend to make trails challenging mm -hmm. and in terms of up and down and, and so forth. Uh, so uh, that's a pretty challenging area, I think, in terms of getting a good workout. I mean, of course, everything is second to House Mountain yeah. for getting a good workout. Yeah. <clears throat> Just because it's the elevation gain yeah. is so quick there. But then the other one is Baker Creek Preserve. It's mm -hmm. not very large, but um, the trails are are uh, very challenging mm -hmm. trails, and uh, you just got to keep your eye out for bikers. You, you know? do, <laughs> but uh, it's that's a beautiful place. Too. And, and, and and hikers and walkers have the right of way. We we know yes. that if you're on two wheels, Mac. Yeah, I've, I've always found the mountain bikers to be very polite. Yeah, helpful. Seems very cordial in this, very this cordial. area of the community. Uh, but the other thing I want to add about the, the South Loop, the, the urban wilderness area, it's a thousand acres of relatively beat up, but some net really nice areas of, of nature. And you can see all kinds of birds. I mean, the first time I rode my mountain bike on that loop, I saw three barred owls. <laughs> you know, so, that kind of, not uncommon to see foxes and deer and, and other wildlife, um, even, you know, hummingbirds and, um, throughout that area. It's really great. It is extraordinary to see the, the urban wildlife in a way that yeah. you just don't typically see it if you're driving to work around the same neighborhoods. Yes, that's right. Mac, I want to extend just a little bit for you because you were at ORNL, but Anderson County, is burgeoning as well with um, new trail networks and that kind of thing. We used to just think of Haw Ridge yes. out in the Oak Ridge area, but what, what can you say about your, your old stomping grounds work-wise? Um, it's really undergoing some transition as well. 
Yeah, there's um, no there there tra trails there's a trail system throughout Oak Ridge, not just Hall Ridge. Hall well, Ridge is a nice collection of, of trails as well. But uh, some on the Oak Ridge is starting to be built on the Oak Ridge reservation, so it's now becoming a little more accessible. Mm -hmm. I used to take lunch breaks and go hike on the ridges. You know, I had a badge, so I'd be out there and do that. But, um, there's some amazing, I mean, that's probably the largest patch of green space the Oak Ridge Reservation between the Smokies and land between the lakes of Kentucky. So it's a, a great resource for wildlife. Ripe for more potential. For, for more potential. For. Um, if people want to get access to your book, what's the, where's the best place to get it from? Probably right here at uh, Legacy Parks. Uh-huh. Because the they website. keep more of the $25, I think. <laughs> But uh, it's available in several local bookstores. It's available. Isn't it available at REI? Yeah? REI, yes. And uh, Union Avenue Books. Union Avenue. Uh, Imes Nature Center. Uh, Three Rivers Market. And, uh, and Three Rivers is a great place, by the way. They have that Roundup program. Are you familiar with that? Yes, I am. <clears throat> well, well, to uh, to to close it out, I just want to want to ask you both. Um, what has the outdoors done for you in your adult life um, that has given you a new perspective? You know, both a combination of being outdoors and experiencing firsthand and also studying it as a scientist, I realized that uh, having a well-established, intact, have parcels of land with ecosystems on them that are so important for air quality, water quality, and sustainability by communities. And we need these networks of green spaces in our communities to make them really livable and cleaner and uh, enjoyable. Ron, how about you? Well, I'd, <clears throat> I would add to that that uh, when people get out in these spaces, they develop more of an appreciation for the qualities that Mac is talking about, and and uh, I think they tend to be more environmentally conscious, and of course uh, that's good. I think <laughs> so. So that's a great objective of, of our programs. Well, we appreciate both of you um, not just writing this book, but also benefiting Legacy Parks with the proceeds and also giving people a real handbook to accessing uh, these places in our community. It's, it's, uh, it's really meaningful and we appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. Thanks. Great to have you. We're gonna turn it back over to Carol. Thanks for listening.